0: Coronavirus has infected our communities and the bull market. What will the government do about it? Here's what matters. Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin.
1: And I'm Robert Sarenbos.
0: And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments.
1: In this podcast, we, the strategists at New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team. What we think matters as we manage investment solutions.
0: That includes Mainstay's Income Builder Fund, as well as individual solutions for our partners.
1: By sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors.
0: Welcome, everybody. It's the week of March 16th, 2020.
1: I don't know about you, Lauren, but the last two weeks have felt like two months
0: Maybe two years. <laughs> yeah, COVID-19 has taken hold big time in the U.S. Um, you're starting to see major cities like Seattle and San Francisco, certainly here in New York, working from home, canceling public gatherings, closing schools. It was also a week of like truly incredible superlatives in the financial markets.
1: You can definitely say that again. Two weeks ago, we had the fastest 10% sell-off in the S&P 500. And now we have the fastest bear market from peak to trough. Uh, we also had one of the biggest daily declines in the S and P five hundred uh, in history. And these definitely aren't the type of superlatives that I or other investors like to see.
0: So, what are what are the superlatives that you do like to see? Best hair, best dressed?
1: <laughs> Sometimes I do like to see those uh, as long as they're they're positive. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> well. And at times like this, a week can feel like it lasts a whole year for sure. Um, It's important to keep perspective for our listeners and to keep our eyes on the horizon of what might help us pull out of these serious shocks. So last week we said that policy measures, what the government would do worldwide to support communities and those fighting the virus and to keep businesses and households going when they can't work, that's going to be one of the two most important indicators of turnaround in the financial markets.
1: Yeah. Some of the measures, like social distancing, these are critical measures to slow the spread of the virus and give our healthcare system a fighting chance against the virus. But, and this is a very big but here, they can bring economic growth to a halt.
0: But other policy provides some serious support to the economy and financial markets. So why don't we talk about those supportive measures?
1: Definitely. The first thing and the thing that we've we've seen so far is some pretty serious liquidity support from the Federal Reserve. Lauren, you're our Fed resident expert, so why don't you step in and uh, talk about what the Fed did this last week?
0: So, what we've been saying is that as long as you know the plumbing of the market system works, it's okay if equity markets turn down. Um, it's okay as long as we don't see that crunch in credit markets. And what we saw last week was credit markets really start to crunch. It was the transition from a health and economic issue to a financial markets issue very clearly. And so the Fed did a couple of things. First, on Thursday, it stepped in with a big liquidity package. That was, that was just meant to address Some of the issues that it saw. Um, Certainly, we saw in the markets, there's just nothing trading. You have a a bid and an ask, the spread between those is widening. Um, But no matter what the price says, people aren't able to get through trades. And so the Fed wanted to step in and and try and ease that by providing more overnight liquidity. The second thing they did is they stepped in on Sunday with a, a frankly, bazooka um, is the word everybody's using, and it's kind of annoying, but it's true, um, of monetary policy stimulus. So they cut interest rates by a full percentage point, 100 basis points. Um, they stepped in with $700 billion worth of quantitative easing measures, so QE is, is back on the the radar, and a few other measures to help financials move more smoothly.
1: Okay. So the Fed – Lowered interest rates to reduce the cost of borrowing. They tried to reestablish some liquidity in the market with some asset purchases, and then you know it, it, they did some other measures to help reduce volatility in, in global financial markets. Do you think that these measures will will work? Will they will they help the economy?
0: Look, it's a, it's a step in, a right, in the right direction, and I think um, you know here we're sitting here on Monday, um, and markets. Um, are selling off pretty meaningfully, at least equity markets. And what I think is important for investors to know is that the Fed Fed really doesn't care very much about that. There, of course, is a way by which a drawdown in equity markets reaches the average consumer. But what they're really focused on right now is making sure that businesses can stay open. And that, again, all comes down to the functioning of the credit marketplace. And so I do think that what the Fed did over the past couple of days – is a big help. It's what they can do. Because at the end of the day, the Fed can't do um, the same things that the federal government could do to help actually address the credit risk. All they can do is try and improve that liquidity. They've, they've done almost everything that they can do um, with, with, you know, a couple of tools left in their toolkit. So will it help? Yes. Will it solve the problem? Um, probably not. Um, as we're seeing in markets. And so, Robert, I think that might be a a good transition into the fiscal policy side of things. What do we see coming from fiscal policy? I feel like this is really where our our team is focused on uh, the potential for market upside. You know, where are we?
1: Yeah. So the reason we're so focused on fiscal policy, first of all, is because we believe that fiscal policy is, is really what's going to be necessary to support businesses and consumers in a, in a, in a crisis like this, um, or if it becomes a worsening crisis. Uh, and what we've seen so far, the, the actual policy that's been implemented is, is a series of, of national emergency announcements uh, or local emergency announcements. So President Trump issued a national emergency on Friday. Uh, And various uh, local governments for cities uh, have also issued a national emergency. And what this does is it frees up a bunch of uh, money uh, for state and local governments and the national government to help with supplies and preparedness as as conditions worsen on the ground. Um, But that's probably not all we're going to see. Uh, right now, we also have rumors of a fiscal package coming out of Washington, out of, out of Congress. Uh, and this fiscal package it, it looks something like uh, two weeks of paid sick leave for up to about three months of paid family and medical leave, uh, enhanced unemployment benefits, and free virus testing, including for those who lack uh, health insurance and some additional food aid and federal funds for Medicaid. And the combination of this package, this is a virus package, uh, and, you know, I don't, I don't know the exact total of, of what it will be, but it's about $50 billion worth of stimulus from what I've heard, and that will be uh, very helpful in um, the immediate fight against the virus. So these two measures combined are a really good start towards any fiscal policy that we'll want to see.
0: Yeah, certainly a good start, but do you think it'll be enough?
1: I I personally do not think it'll be enough. Um, Looking at a comparative case, we've already seen Germany, another industrialized northern country, uh, issue of uh, fiscal stimulus package um, where they basically have opened up a line of credit to businesses up to $500 billion of uh, interest-free, no-risk loans. Uh, to okay, so that's, that's, already that might be 10 times,
0: that's already 10 times the size, then, of what we're talking about in the U.S. So it seems like other places are starting to wake up to the potential seriousness of this, you know, average person challenge.
1: Exactly. And what's, what we're already seeing and what will likely continue in the next couple of weeks is that layoffs will rise. Will, uh, businesses will have to close their doors. Um, as as social distancing efforts by by the community continue, and that will have a meaningful impact on business revenue and their ability to pay and employ their workers. So I think what we're going to have to see is a broader, uh, more um, intensive fiscal stimulus package coming out of Washington, but that remains to be seen.
0: Okay. So in the meantime, we'll be watching those new unemployment claims. I think this week still might be too early to, to have a, a great read on, on what's happening just because it takes time to file those things, but those will start to tick up. Um, we'll also be watching default rates to determine how quickly the, the virus is impacting our communities and, and how much further entrenched it could become in financial markets. Now it's time for our Portfolio Pause, a segment where we share an investment idea for your portfolio.
1: I think that we should take a moment to appreciate how crazy the market was last week. While we've certainly seen equity market moves in the past, even in the 2008, the downside risk didn't set in this quickly. Investors have every reason to be shaken up by the last few days.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And and we're likely to have more volatility from here. For the near term, we're maintaining an underweight in risk assets in our portfolios. And quickly, with so much volatility, sometimes you actually can have a slightly smaller actual underweight to achieve the same level of active risk.
1: That's a really good investment point, so I want to pause on it. Does that mean we have less an underweight than we did before?
0: Yeah, technically that is what it means. So there's two things going on here first, pricing across asset classes has come down already. And also, there's a lot of volatility. So if you put those things together, that means our percentage underweight can actually be more moderate than it was before. But the point from an investment perspective remains that we're underweight. Uh, this isn't yet a by-the-dips type of opportunity. And, and we, are, frankly, aren't buyers until we see the impact of this virus begin to fade.
1: Right. And some of the policy measures we've been discussing, like a slowing rate of COVID-19 spread uh, or a reliable cure, that's the type of thing we'd need to see to be buyers again.
0: Yeah, and it, the time will come. It doesn't feel like that right now, as, as most people are working from home and starting to see the impact in their communities. But when the time does come, we'll need to be pretty targeted in our approach to, to buying. So we'll be focusing on uh, cyclical upside at, for, at that time. But for now, we're, we're just still in hunker down mode.
1: And for many investors, Dealing with liquidity shortages and big sell-offs is not going to be a part of their normal investment regimen. So it's important to stay focused on your long-term investment strategy and keep those goals and circumstances in mind. All right, LG, I would have said that you'd be watching the Fed this week. But with that surprise announcement on Sunday, I hear that the Fed week is canceled
0: Fed week is canceled. It's like bad news after bad news. No, I, uh, I I was looking forward to the press conference on on Wednesday, but we did get a nice a nice good one yesterday. And frankly, I suspect that we'll still be hearing from the Fed again uh, this week.
1: Wow, you think we're going to be hearing more from the Fed?
0: Yeah, I think so. Maybe t- maybe today Monday, maybe tomorrow Tuesday, um, but. I mentioned earlier that the Fed took some really strong steps on Sunday to aid the marketplace. I still think that's true, but there's a little bit more that they could do. One of those things um, is do their very best to get money directly into the hands of businesses. Now, the Fed isn't allowed to loan directly to businesses, but there are ways – um, that they've been able to bend the rules in the past by, for example, opening a commercial paper funding facility where they can take, you know, take on collateral, for example, that isn't normally what they're allowed to take on in order to get that money into the hands of businesses. And so, again, the idea is just getting businesses and households through this short-term period to try and make sure the, a, a recession or a down market don't last any longer than they absolutely have to. Um, but what about yeah, you, Robert? It like- um, what are you watching?
1: Well, similar to you, I'm, I'm watching for uh, our policymakers to continue dusting off the global financial crisis playbook. There's a lot of policy tools, uh, both on the fiscal side and the monetary side, that uh, can be used. Um, so obviously, I'm desperately waiting for some type of fiscal policy response. But more importantly, and what I think we're going to end up seeing first, are more social distancing measures. We're trying to give our healthcare infrastructure and our medical workers an opportunity to get ahead of this virus. And in order to fight the virus, we need to slow the economy. That's the unfortunate downside. Um, the entire economy will likely grind to a halt. And I suspect that at some point this week, uh, whether it's today, Monday, tomorrow, Tuesday, or, or later this week, Thursday, that we see some big policies coming out of our national government that might include further shutdowns.
0: That's it for today. We'll be back next week with more Market Matters.
1: Let us know what matters to you.
0: That's right. If you have a question or topic of interest, hit us up on social media.
1: You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you all by finding us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views at nylinvestments.com forward slash blog. Until then... I'm Robert Sarenbeth.
0: And I'm Lauren Goodwin. We look forward to hearing from you.
2: Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamonts, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I will now read our disclosures from compliance. For more information about mainstay funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances, and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is a service mark and name under which New York Life Investment Management LLC does business. New York Life Investments is an indirect subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company, New York, New York 10010, and provides investment advisory services and products. New York Life Distributors LLC is located at 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. New York Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.